Blog Talk Radio. My name is Yvonne, the Motivator Man, and you're listening to Let's Talk About It on the Hilltop Radio Show. This is the show that gives you the hot topics in a cool way. From 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., knocking the hump out of your Wednesday with classic R&B, along with a whole lot of motivation to send you smooth into the weekend. Good guests, great talk. Please call in at 516-453-9110. Ask questions, make statements, or just chat. Make sure you watch your mouth and your comments. Because me and DJ Sean, we talk back. Yes, sir, we talk back. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Let's Talk About It. I'm your girl, Yvonne, the Motivator Man. And it is Wednesday. And DJ Sean, how you doing today? I'm good. That doesn't sound like I'm good. I'm here. I'm energetic. Another Wednesday. I think that's three in a row. Wow. Uh, Listen, Mother's Day is coming up Sunday, and the show is dedicated to mothers. My guest is going to talk about being a young mother, um, having three children, and two of them are both under the age of five, and how she helps other mothers, um, like herself, young mothers, get the resources that they need to, you know, make it work for their family. But before that, I want to give a shout out to Mrs. Clara Poole. Mrs. Clara Poole is 90 years old. That is my mommy. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom. I didn't make it easy for her, but we got through it. I love you, mom. I know you're not listening, but that's okay. I'll play it for you later. um, And you'll be able to hear it. Everybody who's tuned in, you know, you can call in and do a shout-out to your mom. The number is 516-453-9110. To your mom, to a mom-to-be, to to your auntie, to your grandma, to your cousins, whoever you want to send love to, please call in. Let's shout them out. How about that? Now, the next thing is, this is National Teachers Appreciation Week, and I want to tell all the teachers from the bottom of my heart, thank you for what you do. It's not an easy job, absolutely not. I used to do an after-school program, um, and even though those kids were a lot more manageable than they were from 7 uh, a.m. to 2 p.m., it still wasn't easy. So teachers... I take my hat off to you. I salute you that you have stepped up to the plate and said that I'm going to educate a young mind so they can hopefully go further with higher education or into a trade and that they would be viable citizens of this earth and do great things. Speaking of higher education, did you hear what Dr. Umar said lately, Sean? DJ Sean? No. no. Okay. I love him. So a lot of people can't stand him. I think he speaks wisdom. And if you don't know, Dr. Umar is a black uh, psychologist and sociologist, right? He has a degree in both. And he speaks about the plight of black America and why it is the way that it is. And unknown, unbeknownst to most people know it's not due to laziness. It is due to some things are put in by design, you know. And so he was speaking about AI, this artificial intelligence, and he was discussing how we're sending our children 
to go to college to get jobs that really by time they finish college and start that job, AI will be able to take that job over and that it would be better for us as a people to send our children to trade school because what you can do with your hands cannot be duplicated. Now, I agree with him on that because I'm a product of two trade schools. I also, you know, am a product of higher education. So I believe in both. But with the way AI is going, I kind of lean towards Dr. Uma. And then when I think about my student loans, you know, a kid goes to school to be a lawyer. By the time he finishes, he has about a million dollars in debt. A kid goes to school to be a plumber, he gets an apprenticeship, and he's making $100,000 a year. So, you know, you have to really weigh it. And all kids aren't designed for college. Everybody's designed to learn, but everybody's not built for college. So when you're talking to your children about their future, listen to them. Sometimes we don't listen to our kids, and then we try and push them in the way we feel they should go, and then they're unhappy. You know, um, my love for makeup and hair and nails and all of that was birthed in me. By the time I was 12, I could do a full face of makeup just by looking at the magazines and duplicating. You know, I love the stage, and still sometimes I do acting, but my parents were hell-bent on me getting a quote-unquote degree, and that's what they pushed me for. So when I dropped out of college to go to beauty school, you know, all hell broke loose. And uh, when I decided to not do hair and makeup anymore and hit the stage and do stand-up for five years, all hell broke loose. (laughs) So um, they never listened to me. They never listened to me. And if they would have they probably would have been a whole lot more happier and uh, had more money in their bank account. But nevertheless, teachers, we salute you, salute you, salute you. And to my friend Barbara Haynes, congratulations on your Bachelor's of Science. It's been a long time coming, but girl, you did it. It doesn't matter how long it, it took you to get there, you're there. Now the next step is to get that master's and on to your PhD, which I know that you will do. I am proud of you, and I am proud to call you friend. So anybody who's listening that knows Barbara Hayes, you know, make sure you reach out to her and say congratulations because she will be walking the green, uh, turning that tassel to the other side. And that is a really big accomplishment, especially when you're a woman of a certain age. Now, let's go for the trending topic. Guess what? Jamie Foxx is doing better. You know, I've been, you know, scouring the internet trying to see what's going on. Still don't know what was wrong, but at least he is doing better. So, guys, keep praying. Keep him in good thoughts because we really need Jamie back. I don't know about anybody else, but he gives me gut laughs, and I think he's so talented, and I would love to see him continue um, doing what he loves to do, and that is to make us laugh and entertain us. On this day, May 10th, Nelson Mandela was inaugurated as South Africa's first black president. <laughs> yeah, that's like history for you considering the man was in jail for, uh, you know, being an activist against apartheid. You know, it's funny because our younger children don't even know about apartheid. They don't even probably know who Nelson Mandela was and doesn't even understand the importance of the fight. Um, But Nelson Mandela, you know, made it possible for a man who was black in South Africa to be the president. I want you guys to come with me 
to some history about motherhood and mothers um, to understand that that is one of the hardest things to do is to give birth, a bone that doesn't move unless it's broken, absolutely moves out of the way so you can push out life. But nothing else, we get um, a high five up for that, okay? Um, we lay on our back to give birth and we should be squatting. That's a, you know, that's a show for another time. Um, and then we're at the point where life, can begin, but life can also end. Unfortunately, uh, women of color have the highest rate of death and childbirth in this country. And it's time for that to stop. And the reason why is because doctors don't listen to women of color. They feel that they know what we need more than what's going on. Uh, When women of color say they're in pain, Doctors just bypass it because, unfortunately, there's still doctors that believe that women of color can tolerate higher incidence of pain, which is not true, which is not true at all. Uh, They also believe that women of color don't deserve the same medical treatment, which is not true. And I'm not saying all doctors. I'm just saying there's some doctors that believe that, and if a woman of color is giving birth and she is on public assistance, uh, that really agitates a lot of doctors because they believe if you have to have the government take care of you, you know, you don't deserve to bring another life here for the government to take care of them, you know. Uh, People forget the one thing that gives the most gratification that's free is sex. I was waiting for you to say something, DJ Sean, on that one. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something on that. But it's true. It's free, and it gives you the most instantaneous gratification. Now, from that, a child can be conceived. So, moms, uh, shout out to you. Uh, shout out to what we have to go through in the medical field. And DJ Sean, can we have some music celebrating moms before our guest comes on? You all appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the street. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Spending from school, scared to go home. I was the fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Said tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor than other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. In elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day. Running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me for the whoopers in my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was a black queen, mama. I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it, there's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate Tell us it was fair No love for my daddy Cause the coward wasn't there He passed away And I didn't cry Cause my anger Wouldn't let me feel For a stranger They say I'm wrong And I'm heartless But all along I was looking for a father He was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love 
I moved out, started really hanging. I needed money of my own, so I started slanging. I ain't guilty, cause even though I sell rocks, it feels good putting money in your mailbox. I love paying rent when the rent's due. I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you. Cause when I was low, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I could see you coming home after work late You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate You're just working with the scraps you was giving And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving But now the road got rough, you're alone you're Trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I could pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand you all appreciate it. And dear mama, you all appreciate it. Oh, I'll submit and I reminisce. Cause through the drama, I can always depend on my mama. And when it seems that I'm hopeless, you say the words that can get me back in focus. When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Are full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me There are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret, always stayed real And I appreciate how you raised me And all the extra love that you gave me I wish I could take the pain away If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day Everything will be alright if you hold on It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on and There's no way I could pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it Coming to Atlanta, the Southern Soul Radio Music Film Conference, August 17th through the 20th at the Airport Double Tree Hotel. Record labels, artists, filmmakers, media, actors, DJs. This is the largest networking event this year. Thursday, August 17th, official kickoff. Entertainment Mixer with registration 11 to 5 Eastern. And the meet and greet 7 to 11 p.m. Friday the 18th. Registration 1 to 7 Eastern. The breakaway session for music meets film. The deal is on the table with film premieres 9 to 4. And Friday night, the exciting artist showcase. Saturday the 18th, Radio breakout sessions from 9 till noon. Your ambassador, also moderator, television star Emmanuel Webster Lewis featuring the new Legacy Youth Workshop Back to Basics, Marketing and Record Promotions The Actors Workshop covering auditions 12 to 4, then 7 p.m. to 11.30. Hit the red carpet for the five-star dinner and keynote speaker with honorees presentation. Sunday 9 till 11 the gospel brunch with keynote speaker and closing ceremony. What you need to know on eventbrite.com under the Southern Soul Radio and Music and Film Conference. Powered by Brimstone Music and Black Global we are back if you're just tuning in welcome to let's talk about it on the hilltop radio show i'm yvonne the motivated man your host and because sunday is mother's day this is the mother's day edition of let's talk about it and myself and my guest will be talking about motherhood my guest was a young mother and she's not old now. Uh, and she has three children, um, a, a working mom and wife. She has two little ones under the age of five, and she makes it happen every day where she provides assistance for young mothers to understand they're not alone and that there are services that can help them. So I want to welcome Sadia Joy Callaway to the show. Hello, Sadia. Hi, how are you? Doing well tonight now that I have you on the show with me. Your story is extraordinary, and I would like for, you know, the listeners to hear um, your journey of being a young mom and, you know, then having 
two children, like I had said to you, to us, it looked like you just had a baby and two weeks later you had another one, but it really wasn't that close. <laughs> uh, but it just, you know, you have two under the age of five, you're a full-time um, full-time working mom, wife, you do presentations, all of this stuff, um, you know, and you just keep it together well because I watch all the stuff that you put on Facebook and I am totally enamored with all that you do. But start us off with being a teen mom. So just to introduce myself, um, um, my name is Sadia Taylor, well, Taylor Calloway, um, newly married. <laughs> um, I am a WIC peer breastfeeding counselor, so that's how I assist mom. And um, my journey of breastfeeding started out when I was 17. Um, got pregnant at 16, had the baby at 17. Um, she was in the audience at three months of my graduation. Um, so she was about five months when I turned 18. Um, but as a young mother, I grew up at, like deep in church. Um, everyone in the family is like either a minister or a pastor. So, of course, you know, Things like, you know, sex and, um, you know, worldly music was not something acceptable, um, especially being a PK kid. Like, you couldn't even talk about it. Like, you know, so um, me and you have spoken before, and I just want to mm-hmm. give a little story. Like, I love being um, a young mom. Um, I basically grew up with my daughter. We, She's 17 now. I'm 34. And I, I can say I made all my mistakes with her. But then at the same time, I learned who I wanted to be as a mother with her. Um, I learned from how my experiences of being a teenager, a teen mom, how to kind of like navigate and handle my daughter's teenage life. Because at the end of the day, she is going to try to build relationships and she is going to try to, um, you know, she likes boys. Of course, you know, that is going to happen. And it's really about how was I going to address it in a way that I probably needed someone to address me at that age. Um, I was very afraid. Like, my mom was like, oh, do you want to get on birth control? And I thought it was a trick. I thought she was trying to trap me to get me to admit that I'm being sexually active. So I said, no, 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 I'm not doing anything. Then here I pop up pregnant because I was afraid to just, you know, have that um, communication with my mom. Um, after I told her I was pregnant, I was I was, um, I was in two different shelters until I was um, set, uh, um, seven months pregnant. And um, I feel like it was more of a humbling situation for me. Um, but at the same time, like, it, it may help me grow. You know, being a teen mom, like, everyone wants to put you somewhere and tell you, you know, hey, you have to learn how to be a mom. You have a school for pregnant teens. And at the same time, you know, no one taught anyone else how to be a mom. You know, why would, you know, why would I? So I decided mm-hmm. to just finish yeah. school with all my friends. And, um, you know, being a teen mom was a little struggle for me. And working with, you know, WIC and having to deal with some teen moms and, and their parents and who are so supportive, I really have to commend the mother. not taking away from my mom because of that situation. She just couldn't handle it. But, you know, just commending them for you know, sticking by their kids after this type of situation and letting them know that they still have that support and no matter what, you know, this baby will still have a village to raise it. And I think that's the type of support that we need to give to our teens, not saying to give them the A-OK to, you know, frillic and frolic the way they want, but mm-hmm. if something does happen, like just give them that, you know, that support of a village. Do you think that um, because your mom came to you and said, hey, do you want to get on birth control? And you said no. You popped up pregnant. Um, you know that could have been part of her reasoning why she couldn't accept it. Because if she came to you and said, "Hey, you want to get on birth control?" Guaranteed, she knew you was probably having sex. And she mm-hmm. didn't take. She. Uh, do you feel that she really took your answer to be the truth that no, you weren't having sex? Listen, I, I I had the fear of God in that lady. <laughs> <laughs> I had, like you can't tell me nothing because I it, it, I mean with our relationship because of things that have happened where I would like say something it was almost like I was admitting fault and then I would get condemned for it. 
so that's right. why I couldn't, you know, um, really, like, talk to her. Like, I just, we didn't have that relationship. Like, my grandma, oh, my grandma, like, that, that was, that's my girl. Everyone knows that that was my girl. Like, I could tell her yeah. anything and everything. Like, I would go to her first before anything. But um, with my mom, like, sometimes, like, I do say, you know, even with my own child, I say, if you feel like you can't talk to me, you know, you have to find someone who is an adult who you're so comfortable talking to and confiding in. And sometimes we got to give our kids the okay to confide in another adult, not saying another child because a child can't help a child. Um, you know, maybe an aunt, a godmother, or um, a cousin who's an, an adult, someone who they can, you know, talk to and then say, hey, Kate, do you mind talking to my mom about it? Um, you know, even coming out to my mom about the pregnancy, I was with a guidance counselor. Like, that's how much of fear I had. Um, but at the same time, it was, you know, it, you know, it was, it was a awakening moment. I can't go too deep into my story because I'm not really ready to tell it, but, you know, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things, uh, in my, in my teen years that, you know, kind of like set me in the tone of what kind of mom I wanted to be, you know, who, Mm -hmm. like, I wanted to be the person that I always needed growing up. Now, listen, both of us grew up in the same uh, background. We both grew up in the same church under the same tutelage. My mom is Deaconess Clara Pope. Your mom is Pastor Beverly Taylor. Baby, you know I know. (laughs) And I got to let people know, uh, PK kids, same as DK kids. PK kids, preachers kids, preachers preaches to the masses. Deacon's kids, they be preaching to that fried chicken and their kids, okay? And we have <laughs> the same strict background as preacher's kids because the deacon is a help to the pastor. So I, I understand that strictness, and I understand when your mom says, hey, you can tell me anything. And you see, I was crazy enough to believe, and I told her, and oh my goodness, it was horrible for her to know that I had a sexual experience. Now, we had always talked about it, and she had primed me, so I thought it was going to be okay until she stopped speaking to me about it. She just stopped Mm. speaking to me. Just stopped, hey, mom, Mm. nothing or nothing. You know, we're walking through the house, nothing. And I'm like, Mm. wait a minute, what are you mad at me for? And when she just, you know, she let me know it's because I told her I had a sexual experience. But you've been telling me for years I could come to you and tell you. So at that point, you know, it was shut down. There was no more open doors. So I totally understand mm-hmm. you say the fear. And you don't feel like you can speak to your mother. You know, you had your grandma. At the time, my grandma was in Alabama, and I was here. So mm-hmm. I didn't have my partner in crime. You know, um, and for me, my mother and I didn't have a, a good relationship in my teens, but the one thing we could do was talk about sex, except for when I said I had it. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, and my grandma was always talking about sex. Like, my mother would have to tell my grandma, stop talking to us. I'm like seven years old, and she's like, let me tell you something. Don't let them rub them things up against your leg. You know. My grandmother was putting it in place. So I like what you said about we have to give our young people an outlet if they feel they can't talk to their parents, but to be an adult they can talk to because maybe there won't be pregnancies at 17 and 16, 15, 14, and even 12 if they have someone to talk about, someone to point them in the right direction. Exactly, yeah. So you are now a mom of two of the cutest little peapods. Well, your daughter's absolutely gorgeous. We're not even talking about her. You know, um, her pictures are just fabulous. She's gorgeous. And uh, you have Kilani and Robbie. And Mm -hmm. how old are they? 
So Kaylani is three. She'll be um, four in June, June 18th, and Robert just turned two in April. So they're 22 months apart. Wow. And here it is every day. Got to get these two people ready. Make sure Chris, uh, is it Kirsten? Kirsten is, you know, up and ready to do what she has to do. You got to get these two little folks. You got to make sure your husband's up for work. And then after all of that, you have to drop off some little folks and then go to work yourself. Yeah. How do you balance this? You know, do you have a routine? For all of the mothers that are listening, they want to hear a routine because everybody's looking for a routine. I, I I can honestly tell you I am the the perfect imperfect mom. <laughs> ah. I am perfectly imperfect. There is if I had like the only routine that we have is to wake up and get out on time. But um, with the skin of our teeth, we are like let's go, let's go. Um, if I could tell you how many times I've locked myself out the house, <laughs> and, you know. So, like I said, we are very perfectly imperfect. Um, I don't know if you can hear that in the, in the background, the baby crying, but we, um, we definitely, we definitely, um, basically make it work. So in the morning, Kirsten has to be at school around like seven, eighteen, the the early, like the latest, because you know. So she helps me get the kids together. She's 13 years older than the second. So she helps me get the kids up in the morning. Um, I've been juicing, so I take my little drink to work with me um, with, like, a, probably a granola bar. The kids eat at the daycare, which I love my daycare um, teacher and owner. She's amazing. Um, so they go to this. So by the time I drop Kirsten off, I take the kids to daycare. By 8, I'm on the southern state. I'm heading out to Queens. Um, I get to my I get to my job like in 45 minutes if there's no traffic. That's with no traffic, and I work at Long Island Jewish, um, the WIC office at Long Island Jewish, and um, I like I honest truth, I feel like my job is my peace. If that's kind of weird, um, I enjoy what I do so much that my job is kind of like my takeaway from the hectic lifestyle, mm-hmm. um. Call me crazy. I actually um, just started adding the gym into my schedule. When I come home, pick up the kids. I come home, I change my clothes, I hit the gym, um, and then I also work at AHRC um, in the group home overnight on Friday night and Saturday night from 10 p.m. to 6:30 a.m. Because you know I'm not gonna pay extra for childcare. So daddy's home with the kids while mommy's at work, and and I chose to do that because I did not want to be away from them during their waking hours any more than I already am. So those mm-hmm. sleeping hours, um, they're asleep. They're not missing me. You know, they're dreaming, and I don't really have to worry about, you know, not missing out on moments in their life and at the same time still being able to provide for the family um, in the best way that I can with extracurricular and helping my husband as much as I can with bills and child care. So, you know, I try to make it work because being a young mom, you know, like I tell, I tell young people all the time, if you don't have kids, why not work? Why not do two jobs? Why not do what you can do while you have the time? Because you'll regret it once you have children and of all the times that you know. Because I did do extra hours and extra hours when I had Kirsten um, younger and, you know, I would drop her off at dance and then try to do a couple of hours at home case and then go back and pick her up. And, you know, before I, before um, my, my job ended, like it was, it was hectic. And now I'm like, you know what? I, I, you know, regret missing some of her time. So now it's like, how do I fit um, work into my everyday life, especially with having two more little ones? I mean, I, Yvonne, I, I, I really felt like I was halfway out the door. Um, she graduates um, in 2025, right, mm-hmm. 2025. And um, Kehlani goes to kindergarten in 2025. I started all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I like I want to kick myself in the butt, but I'm I feel like I'm really gonna enjoy these moments all over again. I really do. Now, as a lactician, and if some of you mm-hmm. don't know what that is, that's breastfeeding, and she is a uh, advocate for breastfeeding, right? Um, tell us how you know in the age of formula, um, you decided that you were going to breastfeed. So my breastfeeding journey started 17 years ago um, when I had my daughter. Um, it was it was just, it was natural to me. Um, and I really had a really amazing supportive pediatrician. She loved Kirsten. She couldn't have kids. Um, she was actually was able to adopt a little girl around the same age as Kirsten when we were going to her. So we actually built a good connection, and she was she just encouraged me because I was like, you know, I can't pump. And that, that's a lot of things that I see with other mothers. I couldn't mm-hmm. pump an ounce for an hour. The pump was not working for me. But the doctor, you know, she encouraged me. Look at she has She's gaining weight. She has wet and soiled diapers. Keep breastfeeding. If it wasn't for her, I would have quit. It, okay. and, and that that's plain blank because, mm-hmm. in, like, in 4, 17 years ago, that was not, you know, that was, that was taboo. You know, that wasn't good. You know, that was, everyone was, uh, you know? So yeah, that started was, out my journey with breastfeeding. Yeah, nobody was on that tip. I know uh, in 1985, when I wanted to breastfeed, my mother was having a fit. But we have a caller. Hello, caller. Sorry to keep you waiting. Green's the name of the father's son, the Holy Spirit. My name is Pastor Don Jean, CEO. Shouts out to the 300 winning team members of the sound of my voice. I'm calling, texting people. I love this show. Shouts out to the Hilltop family. What, what's the business? How y'all doing today? Well, we're talking about motherhood. We're celebrating mothers. The show tonight is in celebration of mothers. And my guest is Sadia Joy Taylor Calloway. Um, and uh, she has been talking about her journey from being a teen mother to being a mother now of two young children under the age of five, and we were talking about her journey breastfeeding her children because, uh, especially for women of color, we really don't, well, we do more now than before, but we really um, don't adopt that. And yeah, ma'am. And, uh, Sadia, why do you think that is that women of color don't gravitate to breastfeeding as other cultures do? Um, so I, I feel like, huh? The reason why. I said because some of them are lazy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, Don't mind DJ (laughs) Shaw. No, it's not even that they're lazy. Um. You know, like like you said, like your mother, you know, like, you know, you tried and your mother, that's still a thing because, you know, we still are raised, like a lot of us are raised by our grandparents, you know, and, you know, some of us, you know, are raised by our mothers who ha- who, weren't, who didn't do it because their mothers told them not to do it. And uh, years ago, you know, um, formula was created by Nestle. You know, yes. so Nestle yep. created it. They 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 pushed it to the doctors. You know, gave them that little under under the table money to say, hey, give this to the mother. Tell them it's good. Tell them it's like breast milk, and that became a thing. But we also have to remember that us black women were the first ones to you know feed America. Okay, absolutely. We, us as slaves, we fed the slave masters kids. We we our kids were the ones starving. Our kids were the ones who was on cereal and getting, you know, the back milk, you know, as they call it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were we were the wet nurses. You know, you know we, what, this is what we hmm? you know what really um used to baffle me and it still does? We were considered less than human, just animals. But the milk from the woman's breast was good enough to feed their children. Mm-hmm. I I could not yeah. I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom that. But our caller, you called in. Did you have a question for Sadia or myself, or did you have a statement? 
I have a statement. I was just listening to the conversation, but now that I have a floor, I was raised by my mom's. Uh, my father was a major person in radio for many, many years, so I really understand what y'all talking about. I want to ask a question. In this day and age, with social media being what it is, how can you make time to properly feed your kids when everything is going on these apps? Because most people, back in the day, you had to go to the computer. Now you sit at your desk with your cell phone and have the same access. How is it with the breastfeeding and the kids on the social media, how is that all correlated and working together? That's a question for you, Sadia, because I haven't had nothing to do with no babies. Well, you know, I have grandchildren, but as far as my own, for 37 years. So go ahead. That's on you. <laughs> That's on you. Um, uh, I mean, um, Yvonne could tell you, I, my breastfeeding was all over social media. So Absolutely. I, <laughs> I was so sick and tired of seeing I had I had oh. no shame in my game as long as you wasn't really seeing the you know the nipple um you know I you know I felt like I wasn't harming anyone I and I felt like you know a lot of moms after that really reached out to me before I even made this into a a career they was like oh you make it look so easy you make it look so so good and you know even now like I realized that I didn't make it look easy but with my son I struggled. And sometimes we do need to post a struggle so that we can encourage others to keep going. Um, Amen. As far as, far as social media, like, I mean, if you're saying, like, how can I feed my kid because I'm too busy on social media, yes, I am breastfeeding and scrolling on my phone and posting pictures <laughs> and liking everything and watching oh, videos man. while I'm feeding my child. Um, also because, like, I call it on tap, right? The milk is on tap. I don't have to make a bottle. I don't have to prep anything. Um, okay. I know that is there, and I know that the baby is going to latch. But at this point, I've already established a good latch with my child. I've already established their feeding habits, their cues. And then there are times where you do have to just, you know, put your phone down and have that face-to-face connection with your baby and sing to yeah. them and talk to them because they're taking a lot in as well. So, you know, putting that phone down, like as moms, um, let's, let's put it this way. A breast milk is made of collagen and oxytocin, right? Now, mm-hmm. okay. oxytocin is that feel good, that smell good, that hear good, that feel good. So we tell a lot of moms, please do a lot of skin to skin. Massage, you know, the breast area um, before, like, trying to last the baby on or pumping. So oxytocin is I'm holding my baby. I smell my baby's hair. I feel my baby. Oh, my God, they just squished up like a little ball. That's cute. This is all that feel-good energy in my body that's signaling to my brain, okay, some, you know, she, she's feeling good. Now I latch my baby on. That's the prolactin. That's the pulling and stretching of the nipple. Then that also mm-hmm. produces oxytocin. Together, it tells your brain to not only build the milk, create the milk, and let the milk down. There's also, by this action of the um, extracting of the milk, it actually contracts a woman's uterus. After giving birth to a baby, mm-hmm. your uterus is about the size of a plate. Before having a baby, your uterus is about the size of the palm of your hand. So imagine something from the palm of your hand being the size of a dinner plate. And now your body is working together, not only to feed the baby, but to draw in your uterus and contract it and help it get back to its normal shape. So it is not only beneficial for the baby because there's nutrients, there's um, protein, there's um, fat, there is antibodies. There's so much inside breast milk that is helping the baby also with brain function, and it's also benefiting the mom because now her body is reacting and doing what um, the natural process of contracting the uterus naturally to bring back into shape. So there's a lot that goes into it that's beneficial for everyone involved. Thank you. That's a great that's a great breakdown because I was getting myself prepared. As Sadi and I have spoke about before, you know, not only men but women only see their breasts as sexual things, right? And right. basically it is to produce milk to feed a child. So I had to get my mind 
together for breastfeeding. I had the cream. You know, you have to manipulate the nipples so that when a child does breastfeed, you know, your nipples are kind of like toughened up. That area is toughened up to take all of the sucking that's going to happen on a regular basis. Unfortunately for me, even though my mother was like, why would you do that? Now you're going to have to whip that out of public and how are you going to cover yourself up? That wasn't even my concern, right? But for mm-hmm. me, my milk did not come down. I'm in the hospital. I'm trying to breastfeed my child. It would not, there was no milk. So I had to start her on the bottle. I think I might have been home like four days, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. my whole body got cold, and I started shivering. And literally, my body was like leaping off the bed. And I'm screaming, Ma, 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 Ma. She's like, What's the matter? I don't know. And she comes downstairs and she sees. It's like almost like I'm levitating, right? And she says, Oh, that's just your your milk coming down. And I'm like, Well, mm-hmm. told me that this was going to happen. All right, so I go to breastfeed my daughter, still no milk. So I had to go to the bottle, and it's because, you know, I didn't have classes even as extensively as you just explained it, right? So um, usually if you don't breastfeed, the milk can last anywhere from seven days to a month. The leaking of my breast might have been three days it was done, you know, (laughs) It was like, no, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. So um, I think sometimes that's a deterrent, too, because if the milk doesn't come down right away, then, you know, you're like, okay, let's just put the baby on the bottle. We don't want the baby to starve, and I don't know what else to do, you know, at this point, because I didn't know what else to do. I do want to jump in on that, because that is a common um, fear of a lot of moms, even the first time mom, um, that the milk doesn't come down or it didn't come down from my relative, so it's not going to come down for me. And I like to tell moms, you know, when you're in the hospital, um, your milk can take from one day to seven days to come in um, as long as there's no um, excessive bleeding, cramping, and things like that because there are other things that can be the cause of why your milk didn't come down. Yours just took, you know, it's time, and it was normal. When you're in the hospital, you have this thick substance. It's kind of, it's a little bit of yellow. It's sticky, and it looks like drops. It doesn't even look like milk. It's colostrum, and mm-hmm. colostrum is the baby's first food. And instead of us thinking, oh, yeah, we need a whole, the baby even got out already. No, a baby's stomach the first day is the size of a cherry. It can't even hold, it can barely hold um. 1.5 milliliters of colostrum. And so your colostrum is more than enough. Your colostrum is good for the baby. And then, like, you know, I have moms like, oh, well, she was still hungry. And I try to explain to them, no, the baby wasn't still hungry because when you fed the baby, the baby calmed down, it, it relaxed, right? So the baby had enough. But what happened was it became hungry again. I like to say that it wasn't still hungry. The baby became hungry again to kind of give them that sense of idea like, okay, so it's just frequent feeding. Um, mm-hmm. if, you know, it's basically a, if you don't use it, you lose it type of situation. You have to constantly stimulate your breast by pumping, nursing, hand expressing to build up your milk supply. Um I mean, I've had a friend call me devastated, like, my milk didn't come in. And I'm like, and she was home with her baby, and she was really trying to breastfeed, and she was like, girl, my milk did not come in. And I'm like, okay, FaceTime me. I don't know if she listened, but I was like, girl, FaceTime me. Mm-hmm. And um, this was before I even started doing this, and I said, pump. And she was like, but I don't have any milk. I said, you have to pump. If you don't pump, it's not going to flow. And she called me, like, not, she texted me not even, like, 20 minutes later. It was like, my milk came in. And I put her on a wow. I said, let's power pump. You know, um, even with my son, he had low blood sugar. I had high blood pressure. I was borderline preeclampsia. Um, and I, I, I did hear, I was listening to the show earlier when you was like, you know, mothers and birthing and things like that. And a girl, I got stories on stories about birthing. But, yes, but <laughs> um, with my but son, this is good. I just had... This is good. Yeah, I yeah. breastfed my daughter for 12 months, the, the oldest. The second one, I breastfed her for 15 months. 
um, only stopped because I got pregnant with my son and I have a calcium deficiency. So I know how my body will react to being pregnant and nursing. It was not mm-hmm. going to do me well. Um, but then I, you know, with my son, I got high blood pressure. Um, at this time I'm 32 having a baby mm-hmm. and my blood pressure is high. I'm borderline preeclampsia. They put me on a high blood pressure med. I asked them, say, is this going to affect the baby? No, 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 it's going to be fine. It's time for me to give birth. I have a healthy little boy, but he cannot regulate his body temperature. He, um, the medication I was on stunted his gestational growth, and mm-hmm. um, his blood sugar, he couldn't keep his blood sugar up. So I, I, as soon as I gave birth to him, I plopped him on my chest. Of course, I'm going to nurse. I'm putting him on. They just couldn't keep his body temperature up and his sugar, so they did take him to the NICU. I said, I want to breastfeed. They said, okay, we're just going to keep him there for an hour. We'll bring him back to you. Um, they gave me a spoon and, um, and a syringe, and they said, we want you to collect your colostrum. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, this is something new. And when I tell you I am hand expressing into a plastic white spoon, and I had to tell my husband to give me the syringe, and I'm pulling it, and I'm just collecting um, barely um, half a, a milliliter of colostrum, and I'm sending it to the nursery, and I'm giving it to the nursery, and they're giving it to him. They finally give him to me. We establish a latch. It's weak, and his sugar is still not going up because he's not getting the milk that he needs. Mm-hmm. So I am like, I'm determined. So they gave him formula at the hospital. I refuse to give my baby's bottle. Even if it's breast milk, I won't give my baby a bottle. Um, Rob would have to give them a bottle or, or anyone else in the family. I am strictly breast with my child because I don't want nipple confusion. Um, some people believe in it. Some people don't. That's my, that's my opinion of it. I refuse mm-hmm. to give my baby a bottle out of my hand. Um, so I'm, I'm squeezing. I'm pumping. I'm using a hospital-grade pump. I'm getting syringes out of syringes. I'm, see, I'm so proud of myself because now I have went from one syringe, a half a syringe, to five full syringes. Now I'm able to pump into a bottle, but it's still colostrum. It's not milk. It's mm-hmm. thick and yellow. And I'm sending it, and I'm sending it, and we're finally getting his um, sugar up. And he's and they, they told me, they were like, listen, if, they, if you do not get his sugar up this last test, we have to give him IVs. Mommy mode kicked in, and I started pumping, pumping, pumping. And next thing you know, it was the second day I was in there, and my milk came in. I, was, I did not give up. It was just me being motivated to breastfeed my son. Um, his suction, his suckle was was weak because he had an undiagnosed lip and tongue tie, and I didn't find out until I became a um, a, a peer counselor about it because of training and trying to get my CLC. I'm like, oh my goodness, I couldn't wait to run back to that. I'm like, you made me get my son formula, you know. But at the same time, it was no one's fault. It was just something that was a little looked over, and we mm-hmm. were still like. Um, you know, we were just so no, we were so pre, you know, we were just just out of COVID. You know, we were just we was just out like people were yeah. still not seeing um, us in person. So there was a lot of things that I didn't have access to that I had access with Kaylani with. But it was really my motivation. And honest truth, I was happy for that story because I really do feel like I was able to help so many other mothers who have gone through that. Um, recently I spoke to one who was going through it as, you know, as I called um, a few weeks ago, and I was like, I went through what you're going through, pump, get the hospital-grade pump, call a life patient counselor, and I'm, I'm always motivated to help a mom in need. You know, if this is what you want to do, if this is what you dream for, I'm here to help you navigate through that in the best way that I can, and we navigate together. You tell me what your daily life is like, because sometimes, Breastfeeding doesn't fit into everyone's daily life, and that doesn't make you less of a mom or, you know, you didn't do enough. It just means that it wasn't a good fit for you. It's not a good fit for everyone. It's not meant for everyone because at the same time, we as mothers, we don't want our babies to cry. We want our babies to be full. We don't want our babies to be in any pain, any way, you know. So our best decision Mm -hmm. is our decision. You know, no one can tell you you're less of a mom because you didn't do something or you didn't do it long enough or you only did it for a certain amount of time. You are uh, as much of a mother as the next, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I always encourage moms, this is your child, this is your journey, and where you go with it is up to you. And all I can say is every ounce counts, 
And and even if you know if it's that first ounce, that's all that matters. You know, you tried your best, and you you know, and you made the decision that you felt was best for you and your child. Now, do you have a private practice? Because you said you know people call you. Um, I know you have a regular nine to five, um, but do you have private practice? And if so, how can the mothers listening to the show, or if the gentleman is still on, he can take this information back to the women that he knows. Um, I do not have a private practice, which I am, I am like, God's willing, please let me, like, push me to do it because I really want to. But I do offer my email address, which is um, S as in Sam, last name Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, 27. And that's at northwell.edu. Um, that is my direct line. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm willing to help whoever needs help at this time. Um, you know, my dream is to assist moms who don't have the income to pay for a lactation counselor or consultant, and just you know be that advocate, you know, and just that support. Um, sometimes my calls with moms end up to be like 60 minutes. Because, you know, sometimes, like I say, breastfeeding is your lifestyle. Like, it, it's more than just I'm sitting here feeding a baby. It's, listen, I'm going through this. Like, this happened in my life that I didn't have time to breastfeed. I didn't have time to pump. Oh, my, 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 my supply is low because I can't find a job and I'm out looking for a job. Oh, you know, it, it mm-hmm. goes into a lot of things. And, you know, if you need assistance or if you just need someone to talk to, like, I'm that ear. You know, and if you need that motivation to say, hey, listen, keep going, I, I'm i more than welcome and happy to help, you know, and I'll give you all the resources that I have in my hands to, like, email you back. I'll send you handouts um, and even welcome you into, I do do a um, Caring for Two um, Zoom meeting every, for every first Thursday at 12, and um, that is the Be Free um, Baby Cafe. Um, I did post that on my page. I do not have the actual link to it, but it is a Zoom meeting. But email me at staylor27 at northwell.edu, and I will send you the link to that for pregnant moms, new moms, you know, anyone who are dads too, please, because, you know, it's good to be educated, um, mm-hmm. especially for men, to be that support for your partner because, you know, she needs you. At the end of the day, she needs you. I, I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, you know what? I really do appreciate that every time I would be ready to breastfeed my our daughter, he would come to me with a mini ice cream cone because he knew I loved ice cream so much. And I would eat the ice cream cone and nurse the baby at the same time. And that was uh, like my little piece. You know, just doing that little nice gesture was like everything to me, you know, and not just saying, oh, you breastfeeding her, right? I'll come back later. Like, enjoy the moment. Like, you know like realize like what's actually going on between your partner and, and your baby and the benefits of it. And, you know, just saying, Hey, I'm on my way home with food. I know you probably didn't eat because guess what? Nine times out of 10, mom forgot to eat all day. And I like to tell, I tell moms all the time, your body mm-hmm. is going to give the baby everything the baby needs from pregnancy to, to breastfeeding. So if you're lacking in calcium, if you're lacking in protein, if you're lacking in, um, in in vitamins, that baby's taking that from you. So how do you pour from an empty vessel? You have to pour in yourself so you can give out to your child in an adequate way because at the end of the day, if you're not healthy, if mommy is drained, if mommy is down, the house is down. I don't care what anybody says, mom is the engine. She is the heart of the house. <laughs> Well, listen, our time has come to an end. You guys have to hit Sadia up, get her information, um, contact her with all your questions, um, you know, get on that Zoom meeting with her, and Sadia will talk um, offline about your not-for-profit. I believe I can help you. But for everyone who tuned in this evening, thank you for tuning in. Um, I love you for your support. It encourages me to keep on. And for all you mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. We celebrate you. We thank you uh, for all that you do. And until next week, y'all, peace and blessings.
Peace and blessings. Can be what you have been to me. You will always be. 